Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. I've often heard the term turnover is vanity and profit is sanity. And profit is what I'm going to be chatting about with my guest, Jason Withers, today on this week's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. Thanks very much, Jason, for joining me today. Fantastic, Nicole. Thanks very much for having me on your show today. Really looking forward to this. We're going to talk about profit first. But before we get into that, can you give some background on what you do, who you are, and a bit about your background? Sure, no problem at all. So about 30 years ago, I did uh, an accounting and finance degree. Um, And the one thing that that taught me was that I didn't want to be an accountant. What I did know, however, at that stage was I loved the whole process about how businesses made or lost money. Um, And as a result of that, finished my degree and I chose a far more commercial path in my life. Um, And that started out working as a a graduate trainee in a builder's merchants, ended up running um, a branch that was losing quarter of a million pounds a year, and got that back to break even in about 18 months. Um, from there, I moved down to London, um, did some sales repping for about a year, and then got introduced to a design agency um, through my wife um, and worked 14 years in a very, very quite traditional sort of financial role, really, but with a very commercial lens on it. So that took me through to about 2010. And then for the last 12 years or so, I basically worked as an outsourced FD, um, uh, CFO, yeah. Um, and built business growth coaching in with that through a very financial lens. Did some work with the government's growth accelerator scheme um, back in the uh, in the early 2000s. And um, yes, from there, st- started out with Profit First probably four or five years ago, I guess now. I've been certified for three or four years. Um, and now it's principally what I lead with. All the work that I do tends to start from a Profit First perspective um, and then the commercial and the business growth coaching comes on the back of that. And for people that aren't aware of what Profit First is, can you explain what it is? Sure. Profit First is it's a cash management system that is designed to work in, in alignment with our natural human behavior. Mm-hmm. That basically means that it, we, we look at a thing called the primacy effect, and it's about the priority of things in our life. So profit as a business owner, as you mentioned in your in your headline introduction there, um, should be important to us as a business owner. Nobody goes into business to intentionally make a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really about the business of making a profit, but also making sure that we get paid as a business owner. And Profit yeah. First creates a framework for us within which to do that. We basically allocate money to some different purposes, um, and that helps us control how we run our business, but also make sure we get paid as a business owner as well. Does it help on the cash flow side of things as well? Absolutely, because it, it creates um, layers of control within the business in terms of us understanding that we have a certain amount of money available to us for different purposes in the business. And that could be um, from running operating expenses and making sure that they're not running away with us. It could help us save money ready for buying stock or product if you're running a product-based business. 
Um, so yes, there are lots of aspects around how we can use it as a framework to help us control how we use money. And I suppose there are probably the key reasons why people should use it. Are there any other reasons why you feel businesses should use the profit first system in terms of, and I suppose maybe using some examples of how you've seen it improve how a business has then been able to perform? Sure. Um, I'll start from a slightly different perspective, if, mm -hmm. if I may. One of the biggest issues that I see with businesses, they, business owners tend to not pay themselves as much as they probably could because they don't trust the money that they see in their bank account. They don't actually understand how much of, of what is sat in that bank account is for them. And this is, it's a problem that when we look at that single bank account, it contains everything. It's the money to pay our suppliers. It's the money that we're saving up for VAT or corporation tax. It's the money that we need to pay ourselves. We, we have no clarity at any point about how much of the money set in that bank account is actually for us as the business owner. So actually, my number one reason that I would that I would recommend Profit First is it gives us absolute clarity over the money that we have and the purpose that it has within our business. And that I think for most people is it is that game changing moment where all of a sudden there are some parameters, there are some boundaries, there are some expectations about understanding how we can proactively use money in our business and feel safe and secure in that knowledge. That, as a result, ultimately helps us to make some good and better and more informed business decisions as we as we make our way forward. Great. And before we talk about some examples of people that you've worked with and how they've they've changed, if we can just get into a bit of the detail on how um, profit first works from the percentages side of things. And um, I can't pronounce the name of the guy who read the book. Mike <laughs> Mikowski, isn't it? Mike McCallowitz, but also um, anecdotally sometimes known as Mike the Motorbike for simplicity, as, okay. I've, as I've heard him say himself. I mean, I bought the book a couple of years ago and I understood it in terms of it was kind of keeping different pots for different things. But just how it was for me personally, just how it, I wanted something a bit more simple, a bit more simply put, which is one of the reasons that I asked you to come on as well is like, sure. if I'm like that, and that's the way I feel, I'm sure there's lots of other people who are just like, right, okay, what do I need to do? What kind of percentages should I be keeping if I get paid X, Y, Z? Where should I be attributing this money? Can you talk through that in terms of where should you, well, either what percentages or what money pots you should have set up? Okay, so let, let's start with, with the pots that, that we should have. So we, we start with, with a core set of accounts. We, we have an income account into which we normally receive money from clients, and we then allocate that money out to four principal places. We have a profit account, an owner's pay account, a tax account, which if you run a limited company here in the UK, I tend to split into two with my clients, one for personal tax, one for corporation tax. Uh, and then the final one is for operating expenses to run the business. So we look at those in an order of priority. The first two, the profit and the owner's pay account, we, we treat as being reward-based accounts. Um, the tax account is there to protect the business, essentially from the tax authorities. At some point, they will want paying. And then the and then the operating expenses account is really there to serve the business. So we look at it as reward, reward, protect and serve on that basis mm -hmm. um, as we work through that. Now, the premise of the, of the allocation percentages and, and what we should be looking at changes as the size of a business grows. There are different priorities at different stages of business growth. But I think one of the really important things to realize is people, one of the mistakes that people can make when they're self-implementing is people tend to look at the table that I think appears on about page 68 in the book 
that says allocate these percentages. It's not actually saying that. It's saying these are the target percentages that we should be working towards. Most businesses at the time when people start coming or becoming aware of Profit First, they're not set up and designed to operate at those percentage levels. They tend to be in a different mix. So one of the most important things that we actually have to do is understand we just need to take a view of where our balance actually is today. What is the real picture? What is the real split going on in our business between profit, owner's pay, tax and operating expenses? And as much as you may well read for a sub quarter of a million pound business, let's say that the owner's pay percentage might be 50%, it's highly unlikely that most businesses at that kind of stage will be capable of paying the business owner 50%. Mm -hmm. People already have started spending money on other expenses and they'll be worried about saving money for tax. We just need to understand and work out where we are today. That gives us what I would call our starting point. And that then means we can set that pathway towards moving towards those target percentages over a period of time. It's definitely not conceptually a get rich quick scheme. It doesn't solve anything overnight like most things in life. Mm -hmm. It tends to take consistency and persistency in order to move towards those target percentages. So the things that you read about in the book would very much be a guide about where we should be headed, but it's it's much more important in my view that we actually work out where we are today. That's what sets us on the pathway forwards. People read the book for the mechanics of what should I do? How should I do it? When should I do it? The underlying theme, though, is really about creating progression and momentum in your business from a financial perspective. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people tend to miss when they just read through the book. It's really about understanding where we are and then moving towards those target levels. It's definitely not a one size fits all scenario. So even though it's not a one size fits all scenario, where would you suggest people start? And I know it will, might depend in terms of what debt they've got in the business and because they'll need to be paying that off as well. But is there anything that you could say if you've not implemented Profit First before, start with this as a as a basic in terms of where you know if you're getting if you're getting paid a hundred pounds or you've got a hundred pounds in you've turned over let's we'll keep it at a hundred so we could just in terms of it's easy sure, for, yeah. for percentages <laughs> um, if you made a hundred pounds in the month let's hope it's a hundred thousand pounds but if you've made a hundred pounds in the month where should you be dividing that up into those pots so tw- would it be 20 percent going into your back your tax account and then so yes, if if a, if a hundred is gross and includes that VAT element, then yes, I always remove the VAT element before we start allocating into the various pots. Mm-hmm. Um, I should also say it's not twenty percent that we deduct from that. No business pays VAT at twenty percent. There are always things to offset against it as a VAT, yeah. VAT registered business, of course. Um, so it may be a more more appropriate level to allow for. There might be fifteen percent. Um, But yes, after that, the golden rule for me is start slow, increase incrementally. Yeah. So if you are unsure, then I would start by by moving 1% of of that residual income into the profit account. We can always increase it as we move forwards in time. But the premise here is no business misses 1%. Whether it's 100, 1,000, 100,000, no business misses 1% of that revenue. Mm -hmm. So start small and go from there. I think it's also true for most people that they will have an appreciation that out of that £100 in the course of a month, they will appreciate that they can remove some money to pay themselves every month. Start there with where you are at the moment. And then to be fair, I would I would start with a lowish percentage in tax and work that up over a period of time. 
because the likelihood is most people are underpaying themselves in the beginning at this stage and yeah. probably spending more in operating expenses. So my bias would generally be 1% into profit, a lower proportion into owner's pay, maybe 20 to 25% and the balance going into operating expenses. As you then realize, maybe you end up with a growing surplus in that operating expenses account. If you're not consuming at all, there's a clue that we can start to think about increasing that owner's pay allocation. Mm -hmm. Golden rule, though, start small, increase incrementally. We don't want to get into a position where we suddenly we we take those target percentages, for example, and say, I'm taking 50 percent out for my owner's pay. All of a sudden we can't pay the bills. That's it. The system doesn't work. We don't want to have to row back those percentages. We always want to be moving forward incrementally with them. So start slow, trust the process. So say 1% for profit, well, maybe like 10% for owner's pay, or would you say more? I I know that it depends. I just suppose, <laughs> I, don't, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I suppose, and it, it will depend on people's circumstances and um, and everything like that, but it's just for people to have a bit of a guide of where could I be? And I might look around that, you know? Absolutely. So I I do a very simple version of the initial profit assessment that you would read about in the book. So let's take your £100 and let's presume that was last month's income. Mm-hmm. I would actually just go back, look at how much did I actually pay myself last month? How much did I spend in operating expenses? The likelihood is we're not thinking about that profit element and we won't be thinking about the tax element at that stage. Start with those two core numbers. What are they as a proportion of that money that you bought in? Let's start there. Nice and simple, very easy. We can always adapt and refine things as we move forward and become more attuned to the system and we start realizing where we have some spare money bought up. You know, it might be the case that, yes, we, we need to we need to add a little bit of, of humanity into that equation. You know, if last month you know that you withdrew a lot more money than you normally would because you had to pay for your holiday this year, then just think about that and just temper yeah. that that amount perhaps would be a consideration. But by and large, I would I would say, yes, go somewhere in that 10 to 25 percent range, perhaps for owner's pay. Target that as a starting point. You may already be taking more than that and you may still have enough to pay your expenses. Fantastic. You're ahead of the game at that stage. But I would err on the on the side of saying, make sure you can pay those business expenses. And then the work is about how we transfer that allocation over much more onto the bias of the business owner as time moves forward. Great. And what about if you have quite a bit of debt? How do you manage that within a profits first system? So so we treat debt as being an expense for the purpose of profit first because we, we profit first is about cash. It's not about traditional accounting mechanisms as such. Mm-hmm. So basically, we would look at the amount of cash being paid out on servicing credit cards, loans, leases, whatever those things might be, um, and we would treat them as an operating expense. So they would yeah. need to be covered under that operating expenses percentage. I'm more than happy to talk more about how we handle debt, if that's something you'd like to cover. No, um, no I can, I can get that. I process, so. And um, what if, as a business, you're not making a profit, you're making a loss or you're breaking even? How do you manage that? So I come back to the concept, no business misses 1%. Right. Um, at some point in time, we we have to realise that as we start a business, yes, there may well be sacrifices to be made. Yes, it may be a bit tight in the beginning, um, but no business misses 1%. So start with that and then work out how you make everything else fit. Profit First is, is the best early warning system that you can have in your business. And it may well be that we've invested personal money to start that business off and we would like to have that repaid to us over time. 
Um, but start slow with that 1%. We need to get things on a balance where there is an expectation that we make a profit in a business. No one starts a business to make a loss. Mm -hmm. So we just need to recognize some of these things. And here is the first clue. If we think we're making a loss, probably means we're just spending too much money. And the chances are we're spending money on things that we're either not consuming, we're not using, we're not getting a return on. Some yeah. simple decisions and a little bit of early review at that stage will just help crystallize some of those decisions that need to be made to start addressing that balance as we move into a profitable scenario. So say if someone hasn't started using this system yet, and would you suggest then for them to to, to relook at all their expenses and make sure then that they're giving them the return that they need or what they're actually getting from them? Do they, you know, are they putting too much into their operating expenses? Absolutely. We all have things that, that we don't need and we don't use when push comes to shove when we look at it. We look at it through an exercise that, that we call vital negotiating cut. There are some things in your business you just can't get away from. If you run premises, rent would be a classic example of that. Mm -hmm. Negotiate is all about looking at things that think about your mobile phone bill. You know, the days of coming to the end of your contract, you hunt around. Can I get a cheaper one? A classic example of those sorts of things. There will be a group of things that fall into that sort of category. Quite often in the online space, there will be um, apps that we use, software that we use, and maybe we are paying for a level of um, a facility and function that we don't use most of it. Maybe we can just drop down a tier. Um, and then yes. cut will be things that we suddenly realize, I don't even know what this expense is for. I didn't even realize I was still paying for that. And there are plenty of examples of those sorts of things. I've had clients who've had two audible dis um, subscriptions just because they signed up with two different email addresses you know these things happen you know there will always be things that we can cut um so that will be be a first point of review yes we should look at costs on an ongoing basis thereafter but quarterly is normally adequate once we've been through that initial review yeah businesses change you know emphasis changes in the things that we need the size and scale of things that we need as well I think it's great as what I think is one of the things that's good about this system is that you can, if you need additional help or support at different times in the business, you can bring it in. You can see what you, you've got a much bigger, better picture and clearer picture about what you can afford and what you can't afford. But then understanding if you're paying for that, what is that freeing you up to do? You know, if you're outsourcing your admin, what does that then free you up to do from an income generating activity point of view as well? And what about, what are the downsides of Profit First or are there? I know <laughs> so you're a real advocate so of it. So I, I was going to say, so the party line would be clearly there aren't any downsides, but I yeah. think a lot of it is about perception and about how people come to it. I think a downside is, I go back to those target percentages. It really is one of the biggest issues and it's one of the biggest things that, that people fall over with within the system is they start out and think that's what it should be. That's the goal and that's where they start. And as I said earlier on, most businesses aren't designed to be able to withstand that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And one of the dangers within that invariably becomes, but I haven't got enough money to pay my expenses. Clearly, the system doesn't work. No, we just didn't have that true understanding of where the business was to start with in order to move forwards. So I think it's it's an idea really that that sits in people's minds perhaps that if they think it's going to be the you know the magic bullet that is going to solve the problems in their business why they don't have cash it may well be that that answer to a question for them but it's not going to be an overnight answer to a question it is about a progression it is about moving towards something I'll just touch back on the debt thing. Having debt is definitely not a reason to think about not using it as a system. Mm -hmm. I have a client that when I started with them, probably 
We're running about £30,000 worth of debt across credit cards, loans, and so on. They're now down to the last two that total about £8,000. It's taken about three years to get down to that level, but it's just consistent and persistent approach to managing their money that has made that possible. This is not a big business. This is a £100,000 to £150,000 a year turnover. It's possible to do these things, but I think it is the temptation to believe that the system will cure everything overnight. It can cure issues within a business. And we've just talked about that perhaps around the operating expenses idea previously. Um, But it's not going to happen overnight. It does take work. I suppose where I'm coming from or thinking about is when you hear about businesses that they aren't taking a profit and they're putting everything back into the business. So they're putting back everything into the expenses or investing in more in stock or, you know, depending on how fast that they're growing. Is your is your would your answer to that be no one misses one percent still or what are your thoughts on that so it's it's still a part of it and i think that one of the things um that very much sits here is one of the worries that people have is as their business grows how do i know how much i can actually pay myself Mm. and there is this fear of actually getting left behind nobody wants to be paid the same amount in a hundred thousand pound a year business as they do when they're turning over a million there is clearly an aspect of that that says, well, clearly I should be paid more. So I think some of it is about understanding what it means to create a sustainable growth plan within a business and not leave yourself behind. Now, what that means to different individuals will have different levels and parameters attached to it. But I think it's perfectly possible to plan a business for growth and not leave yourself behind at the same time. Mm -hmm. Two reasons that people tend to start their businesses, they believe that they'll have more time and they believe that ultimately they'll have more money. That doesn't mean we need a six-figure income on day one. It means if we understand that's where we're headed, we can plan to move to that place over a period of time. Clearly, if your business is only doing £100,000 a year in revenue, you can't pay yourself £100,000. So, you know, there is this idea of proportionality attached to that. It's perfectly possible to structure a business in a way that allows a lot of money to be available for growth in stock, special purpose accounts, as I would call them, Mm -hmm. to create spare money ready to place bigger orders with suppliers and not have to take out bigger and bigger loans, for example, or funding mechanisms to make that possible. It's possible to allocate money to a marketing budget to aggressively target, you know, list growth or whatever that might be through Facebook ads, YouTube Uh, You know, any of these mechanisms, it's perfectly possible to do these things. Um, But I think it's it's a rare person that that is that finds themselves in the fortunate position where they don't need to earn something from their business. Most business owners want to earn something. Um, Yes, we might have personal funds to invest in the beginning, but sooner or later, we should realistically expect to earn a profit and pay ourselves from that business. Yeah. And. A lot of people will have started businesses as maybe a side hustle during the pandemic or have started business, whether it was pandemic, a pandemic born business or not, where they're drawing a salary from a corporate job. So feel they don't need to draw a salary yet. Would you what would you say about that? Still still have a pot that you've got there that's named salary, but that you don't need to touch or so that you're in the habit or what do you think? So two two possible answers to that for me, and they, they represent opposite ends of the spectrum for what it's worth. Using Profit First as a, as a startup business, if you like, from day one is a great way to structure your business because you can you can try and start at the target levels. Mm-hmm. You can construct things in a way that says, the markups I might need to apply to my products or how I think about earning income through coaching or whatever whatever your business might be about. 
you can start out by saying, my expectation is I will take half of that income and I will pay that to myself. It doesn't matter if you need that money to live or not. The purpose is we are trying to create a business that is in that sort of financially elite tier of, of life. Mm-hmm. The alternative to that is looking at it the other way around and saying, okay, I'm prepared to invest more now in that fast growth where my corporate job supports my my current lifestyle in order to gain a bit of traction a bit faster. But then looking at that from a business planning perspective, for a lot of people, there will be a moment in time where they are looking to basically replace their corporate salary through the side hustle that becomes the permanent hustle mm-hmm. um, of a job. And consequently, we should be planning to make sure that you're able to reflect that income in your new side hustle business to earn that corporate that corporate salary. So one way or another, we have to come back to this idea, we should expect to earn a salary and create profit within a business in the way it's structured. It doesn't have to be everything on day one, but it does mean we should be thinking about moving towards that place. So in terms of the different pots, and if people think of it as, obviously, you've got bank accounts like Starling and Monzo, where you can have spaces that you put that in. But if people were to think of it, it's basically envelopes for your money, isn't it? If you were absolutely, you've got your envelopes for your money. Absolutely. And you've got the the profit, the owners pay the operating expenses and your tax. But then you can also have things like your special purpose account. So if we go back to that kind of side hustle example, and you're a business, you're a you're 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 working a corporate job, but you're like, right, okay, I know for me to leave, I need to have twenty thousand there for me to live off four months until the business can pay me. So then you would be Absolutely putting that not. money in in your special purpose, which might be your which is your your leaving account, you know, or the you know, and it might be whatever you might call it, you know, your freedom account or whatever it might be uh, from that uh, corporate job that you would be putting in a, an amount every month from your your income, your sales, so that you then have a position where you can say, right, okay, based on if I continue trading like this, I will be able to leave my permanent job in six months or whatever it might be. Perfect example. So. Mm-hmm. At that kind of level, level, I would I would still suggest using the owner's pay account specifically for that. Okay. But I think sometimes it very much helps to use those special purpose accounts. It helps give purpose to the money. And yeah. I, th- I think the way that you phrase that is the, is the freedom account or the leaving my job account. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, it adds purpose to allocating money to that. Every time we allocate money, we see we are just that step closer to being able to walk in and hand in a notice. Um, so those sorts of things, you know, I often say... You know, most business have most business owners have a goal. What they don't have is a plan. Profit First yeah. gives us the plan to help achieve those goals. You know, we get to see it as those funds build up in, in the accounts. It also helps us learn how to control the model and the business model from day one as well. You know, yeah. the expectation. Costs are limited. This is how I intend to run the business. You know, lean and mean into the future. Yeah, I, I think that's key. And I think from a cash flow point of view, I mean, there's businesses that I know that I've worked for that have basically not been able to place suppliers because, uh, and these are big businesses that are turning over millions, but for one reason or another, how it's been managed, the cash hasn't been there to to pay the suppliers and they've got into difficulty because they've either overspent in certain areas and not had that forecast with the money side of things. Whereas I think with Profit First, so say for, for obviously most product businesses, stock will be their biggest investment. And um, you can, they might be buying stock twice a year in big chunks or 
you know, five times a year in, in smaller chunks, but I suppose even having, I mean, that could go in your operating expenses account, but even if you have a separate special purpose stock accounts that, you know, right, twice a year, I spend 35,000 or whatever it might be. And that you've got that bit going across each month so that you know that it's there. You've got the money to pay for, for the stock to keep you going. Absolutely. And certainly for, for a business which is established and has been through some of those trading cycles previously, you know, we can look at things across the course of a six month block of time or a year, maybe, mm-hmm. and look at how much did I spend on the product, the material to resell. Yeah. It, like most things, it's never going to be accurate to the penny, but it's going to get you pretty close. So if you know that, you know, for example, two thirds, let's go back to the hundred pound example. If you readily expect 70 pounds to be spent on the product, leaving you that 30 pounds, you know, at the end of the day to go into running the business, paying yourself and so on. It's a great way to do it. So previously, the way that I've approached this is we take that revenue line, we take that 70% out and we allocate to that. But one of the important things is realizing you don't actually want your business to stand still. You want Mm -hmm. it to grow. That means you need to buy more product in order to fuel that growth. Yeah. So I tend to use a special purpose account called a business growth account or a stock growth account. Yeah. And that basically means we're taking, for the sake of the the argument here, that initial 70 plus another five maybe just to see that build up in the background. So that has helped clients in the past transition from having to take loans or external purchasing funding for things. You know, and this was a business that was very much ordering from China, had the shipping delays and all the things in between. But we actually got through two trading cycles to a point where they had built up enough money to not have to borrow any in order to make that next stock purchase. So again, it comes back to this idea. It's unlikely to provide an overnight solution. But just the idea that you have to borrow less as you progress helps us feel like we're moving forward. We feel more in control. It's our own money that we're using. We're not reliant on the bank and someone deciding that the answer is going to be no today, you know, for whatever geopolitical reason that might crop up. So yes, there are absolutely techniques that we can use to proactively fuel the growth in a business around where it needs that cash the most. I think as well, a lot of product businesses, when they start out, can be afraid of the numbers and afraid of the data. Whereas really, it's something you can't, you have to have that control. You have to know, you know, you can, you know, measure it, you can improve on it. And I just, you know, for people that are listening, it is so, so key for them to have control and know those numbers as well. It's it's a really awkward topic for me to be fair, Nicole, because I think we've all been brought up, you know, in in this in this world, in this bubble that says accountants and bookkeepers know everything about your money. Mm-hmm. They don't. And I have to tell you, I've had the displeasure of working with some really poor ones along the way that kind of prove that point. As, you know, proper legitimate business owners, we should be prepared to delve into the detail in our business. But I, th- I think there, there, there comes a point at which we do have to get involved in the business. We do have to get involved in the detail. It's not always all about the fun, the fun side of selling whatever it is that we're that we're, that we're here to, to sell and, and help serve our clients with. You know, the way that we get better at business is by dialing into these things. I'm no yeah. marketer, but I listen to plenty of marketing um, information. I consume content to become more generally aware. You know, money is something that, as I say, we, you know, we tend to be brought up to say, oh, that's for other people to look at. Well, we are actually much closer to that information than our accountants and bookkeepers are ever going to be. We are in the zone with our business. We understand what's going on with those trading patterns. A system like Profit First, I think, helps make it much more um, translatable in the modern era as well. We're dealing in cash. 
most people by now probably view their bank account looking at an app on their phone. We apply exactly the same principle to a business. Just because the word business now appears in front of the phrase bank account does not make it any more difficult. It's exactly the same principles as running our own personal bank accounts. Yeah. I just think with problem first as well, in terms of it helps you with it helps you plan your future better, obviously. So if you're if you're starting out or you've been trading for a while and you don't think you might be trying to do your own Facebook ads, but you know you're not really nailing it or anything, right? Okay, I want to get to a point where somebody else is doing this for me. You're finding out early on then how much that costs, whether it's an agency or whatever. So you know, right, in six months' time, I need to have this amount of money per month to be investing in ads. You know, what does what do I need to be generating? Absolutely. I think in in terms of business decision making, historically, most of us would have looked at that very large single bank account idea mm-hmm. and said, Oh, I've got some money in there. I can afford the agency today. What yeah. we can't see is the problem coming up in three, four, seven months' time necessarily. So again, you know, it's a great use of special purpose accounts for me is that idea. I have this thing I would like to do in the future, be that it could be take on premises, it could be hire new staff, it could be run more Facebook ads, whatever, buy more stock, it could be any of these sorts of things. But we can intentionally plan for that, start setting the process in motion, start saving the money. The test typically that you would read about in the book is about hiring new staff. But this idea that if we can save the money for that member of staff for a period of time and not need to claw that money back into the day-to-day running of the business, we can afford the member of staff. Mm-hmm. We've not needed the money for any other purpose. Exactly the same. Facebook ads agency um, buying more products. It's exactly the same process. So we can actually test these things in advance using Profit First as a framework um, yeah. in order to help us make a more confident decision, understand when it's appropriate to make that decision. And do you have any examples of product businesses that you've worked with and that they've implemented this and how it's changed how they run their business and function? I would say from a success story perspective, I think my highlight within that product-based arena would actually be that scenario of someone not needing to take out a loan mm. to buy stock. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes it's not just about the money, it's about how we do business and how comfortable that feels as well. And I think as a transition for them, that moment of understanding that there was a system in place that continues to be in place where they are continually thinking about the growth and needing cash to fund that growth a great way of protecting those funds to make sure that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think that that's, that's true. You know, I, I mentioned the scenario around debt management and debt reduction earlier on as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's the moment where people say, I want a business, I want to grow the business, but I also want to get paid from it. These, it sort of becomes this, this, this trinity of things that come together at a moment in time. It's that catalyst for someone that says, I'm in this for real now. And I think this idea of saying my intention is to grow and to pay myself at the same time. It is about structure. And that doesn't matter whether you're a coaching business, a podiatrist, speech therapist, TV director, football coach. You know, they're all in there somewhere in my history. Um, The process is the same. It's about understanding the individual and how their business is going to help them achieve their personal financial outcomes. And how can people work with you, Jason? Uh, very simple, either two ways, directly by email um, or through um, simple DM over on Instagram at Profit First Pro um, or email jason at jasonowithers.com. So just reach out, ask the question, 
ask for a conversation, always happy to talk about Profit First and see where it fits. And so that's how people can contact you. So how could, what kind of way can people work with you? Is it one-to-one? Do you have a group program that you help people with? So uh, so at this moment in time, the work that I'm doing is one-to-one based. Um, mm-hmm. That's also because I'm mentoring other Profit First professionals in the UK at the moment as well, getting them up and running. So time is reasonably limited for me. So right now it is about helping people in a very dedicated way to create that platform for them with which they can move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, group program coming um, around about the middle of this year. Um, and that's in development. That's actually having a beta, beta run in someone's group in uh, later on in April and May. Um, and that will become a thing for later on in the year. Okay, well, when that's live, let us know and we'll add it to the show notes. So if we'll you're listening in the middle of the that. year, that link will be there. But if not, all of the Jason's links, uh, links will be there for you to get in touch with him and um, help you kind of grow your business and get it to where you want it to be and be paying yourself and making the profit and taking some profit as well. Thanks so much, Jason, for joining me today. I have very much enjoyed our call and I will be back again with another great guest. And if you have enjoyed this episode, then please leave a review. It lets more people see and learn from the, the podcast and help them start and scale their own product business.